What's up and welcome back to another edition of Major League Talk, episode 39, the Kevin Kiermeyer edition, the Blake Trihan edition, the Edwin Diaz edition, the Kirby Yates edition. Welcome back to Major League Talk. I'm your host, J.D. Johnson, alongside me always is the Houdini himself. Dino, how are we? Yeah. Also with us is the great De Palma. What's poppin', boys? Oh, uh, dude, not much, man. Just watching, you know, the Washington Redskins, just a great football team out here. <laughs> <laughs> you should play at the Waterbury Open tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I will see you there. <laughs> uh, when are you going to give me a big check? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I ran out of big checks. <laughs> Corn dogs, Jackie. <laughs> Just a quick reminder to look on Twitter and Instagram for our poll pods. That's where you can vote for what you guys, the fans, want to hear on topics that we do every Thursday on Poll Pod Thursdays. We're going to have some Halloween topics coming up because the next one will actually be filmed on Halloween. So that's some exciting stuff. Yeah, so make sure that you're out there voting for what you want to hear. Um, But I originally had something else that I was going to say, but De Palma, we were talking about it beforehand and there's this new app. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Gradient. And mm-hmm. basically, you put it, take a picture of yourself or a picture from your camera roll, and it tells you a celebrity that you look like. For some reason, I look like Matthew Perry from Friends. I don't see it at all. <laughs> uh, like, I really yeah, don't. I kinda, like, I, 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 I low key see, Yeah, I low key see it. Did yeah, you see, okay? Did you see it before you saw this? No. All right. So you said it when you said that. I laughed, and then I was like, wait. He kind of does look like him. When I was thinking about, like, you sent us the picture, and I don't believe, like, the transition part, like, the second and third pictures, but, like, when you just put yours and his right next to each other, I definitely see a resemblance. See, I feel like everybody, like, that's listening to this now thinks I look like Matthew Perry. They're going to be like, oh, this guy looks, like, old with wrinkles on his face. Like, no. First of all, I don't, I don't like when you asked me if I thought of if I thought you look like him before this. Like, no, because I don't know who the hell Matthew Perry is. Because I don't like Friends. I think it's the most overrated TV show in history. We are now doing a full pod on best TV shows, and I will make sure that's on my top three. There's no there if you put Friends. No, if you put Friends on your top five, and Seinfeld's not ahead of it. We have a serious problem. Friends is so bad that it's like... No, no, no. See, I'm waiting for Seinfeld to go on Netflix in 2021. I haven't watched all of it. That's happening? Yes, because they're taking Friends off. Oh, my God. Thank the Lord. Dude, like, let's understand something. First of all, it's like Seinfeld came out first. Okay, it's the same premise. It's just with different people. And if if the girls in that show were not just baddies... In the '90s, then like the show would have been terrible. And that dude who th- who like acts stupid, what's his name? Um, Ross. Joey. One of them. They're they're oh, so Joey. annoying. Yeah, Joey is so annoying. I don't even know who it is. The guy's annoying. Joey Tribbiani. He's, like, he's he's a classic. Joey How you doing? No, no, How dude. you doing? No, so annoying, dude. No, but what so I was getting at here was that I I was informed that this was like a, some what were you saying to Palma some Russian app? No, this is like the same thing with like the face like ager or whatever the shit that was. It's literally owned by a Russian company. Like I mean, 
You're just like giving your face and your data to Russian companies to do with whatever they may. Whenever you click the, yeah, I agree to whatever software, all that shit, it's exactly what you're doing. And I, for one, just like the face swap or whatever the hell that shit was, ain't doing it, boys. I ain't doing it. Yeah, I also said this before, and too. If they're looking to clone humans and make them like I would, I I would be okay with seeing myself cloned because I'd want to see what it like how it turned that out. Is the I most think it'd be very interesting. Ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. No, I can see I, it now. I can see it now. Houdini, the Winter Soldier. I can see it. <laughs> Dean just shows up like 6'6", 260, just jacked. <laughs> yeah, dude. I can see it. That's awesome. I hope they bless me in other areas too. <laughs> hammer. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, the Hammer Soldier. <laughs> oh, that's a dope name. <laughs> you think Thor had a hammer? Psych. <laughs> Absolutely. Family friendly pod, though. Exactly. But getting into game one recap, guys, I told you Mad Max is the goat. He was coming out. Mac- Mad Max kill mode was on, and he was better than Cole. I mean, I know Cole, I think, went a little bit longer than him, but I was I, I had the feeling that Cole was going to have a bad game. He was too consistent with just it was too good to be true that this man was not gonna lose. Like at least one game. I mean, you De Palma, you said it. He didn't lose until it May was, May was the last second, time he yeah. met. It's like, yeah. It was about five months, yeah. It was too good to be true. I was like, someone's got to hit him at least one time. There's no way this guy's just going to keep rolling and rolling and rolling. But either way, it was a good game. I thought final score was 5-3, right? Yeah, dude. And five, four, Mad Max. 5-4. Yeah, no, yeah five, it ended four. up being 5-4. Yeah, it's Springer double. That Springer double, if he ran out of the box, was a potential a triple. triple yep. And Altuve fly to right the yep. next at-bat. And he's getting criticized for it. And Hinch said, oh, it's an honest mistake. I'm sorry. In October, that's yeah. not an honest mistake. That's bad. Yeah. Not even like the fucking World Series, but even just in October, even late September baseball. Like, yeah, you can in the dog days, in the doldrums of summer, you can do that. You, you know, you can not leg out a, a triple like, yeah, whatever. You can get another double. Uh, but, dude, in October, in the World Series, no less, when you're down like that, when you need – when you know you're the tying run, yeah, that's just a killer, man. Inexcusable. Oh, yeah, the no, rookie really, who stole the sh- – what were you going to say? No, he really is inexcusable. Yeah, but the rookie who stole the show, uh, Juan Soto, you know, uh, is he considered maybe one of the best players in baseball? I mean, he had a double and he had that – Iconic now, home run off Cole with two-run bomb to take the lead. I think he's one of the best young phenoms in the game, yes. Do I think he's one of the best players in baseball? No. Fair All enough. Right. All right, so when we we're when I saw you put this up there, JD, I just saw something on Twitter about his first 162 games that he's played. Listen to these stats, his first 162 games. 292 average, 402 on base, 519 slugging that's good for 921 OPS. Okay, okay. 31 dingers, 107 RBIs, 107 runs, 36 doubles, 108 walks, 150 strikeouts, right around one a game, well less. But dude, those are impressive numbers at 20 years old. The dude's no doubt. doing it, and he's so young, and he's he just yeah, there might be some there, uh, regression there, but if he puts up another year like that over 162 games again, he's got to be in consideration for it. Right, I agree with you. If he if he can put it up again, yeah, I, I will agree with you. If if he comes out next year and hits 250, 
pulls a hard third. Right. And that's the thing is, is you got to be able to sustain it. If you can do that, you know, it's no different. Like it's easy to get a job. It's hard keeping it. Uh He's actually turning 21 this week, which means he'll be able to drink some champagne and beer. If the nationals win the world series, actually he was caught or not caught. I mean, honestly, who cares? But he was on Instagram and he posted a picture. He was like, we're going to the world series with a beer in his hand. And everybody on the started commenting, like, aren't you 20, aren't you 20, aren't you 20? But he later on said, I just took the picture and didn't drink. So <laughs> there's that. There's uh, that. But uh, next question about this guy, though. Are you a fan of this? I don't even know what to call it. This ball take stance of the stride and the stare at the pitcher. Like, I don't even know what to call it. Cup, him cupping like himself. Like, I don't even know what to, like, call it. Like, checking the, the take stance. Yeah. I, I love everything about it, like – Judge does a form of it where he takes a pitch and he's in his stance before the pitcher is even on the rubber. It's essentially saying like, I'm ready. Like I, I have, I like whatever you throw, you cannot beat me. And he, he knows it. And I absolutely love it. I think it's cocky as hell. No pun intended, but I think it's just, <laughs> I, I, I think, dude, I love it. No, dude, I, I absolutely love it too. Um, I think it was versus Hater the first time I saw him. Like he did a really pronounced one when they won that right before he hit that double to win it. Uh, and since then, I freaking love it. And you're exactly right, Dino. It's a battle. It's a one-on-one battle. It's you versus the pitcher. Pitchers suck. Sorry, Jedi, but that's just the way I've always grown up about it. And you're not going to let that pitcher beat you. And whatever you got to do to to get it in your head and to show that dominance, absolutely. Yeah, I like it. It's something different. I mean, I'm honestly. Dean, I'm not really familiar what you're talking about with Judge. Maybe probably if I see a video, I'll probably be like, oh, that's what you mean. But I think it is different. I think it's something to spice up the game that everybody's getting a little bit of their attention. You know, I had a couple of my friends that don't even watch baseball ask me stuff about it. So that was pretty cool. So maybe it's spreading the game a little bit. About Judge, yeah? he doesn't he doesn't get out of the box. He's just always and he's it seems like he's always ready first. Yeah, like he never gets like there are like in October, like if you go back and watch some of these playoff games and his at bats. He doesn't leave the box. He's late. He takes a pitch. He adjusts his front foot and he, he does his little pre-swing and he is locked in. I've never seen him call time. He's just locked in. And it's oh, so and, and like as a the third base coach. No, 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 no. He doesn't. He doesn't step out. He is d- dead red on the pitcher the entire time. I got to pay more attention to that. But. Last night before game two, I saw a picture that A-Rod posted with uh, David Ortiz before his pregame on Fox Fox Sports. He had a picture with uh, Juan Soto, and he said standing next to one of the uh, next rising faces of baseball. This is what I was getting at before when I was trying to say, is he maybe one of the best players? Like, Do you agree with A-Rod's statement saying that he is one of the next rising faces of baseball? 100%. He, someone had to fill the the gap for for Harper. Like when you thought of the Nationals, you thought of Bryce Harper and and now Max, but now it's it's Juan Soto. Like Juan Soto has 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 taken DC by storm, including you know putting Rendon still on the back burner. And, and I and I think he's oh, like it wouldn't surprise me if he's on the cover of the show in 2021. Yeah, I could see that. No, absolutely rising star. Yeah, Javier Baez is on the cover this year, or. 2020 supposed to come yeah. out. El Magijo Mago. No, I'm not bad at Spanish. I'm not even going to try that, actually. <laughs> the magician. Even though I, 
I did. Yeah. <laughs> that was Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Mahiko. El Mahigo. Mahigo. I said it. There we go. Oh, okay. uh, game two, though, Strasburg uh, versus Verlander. Both gave up two runs in their first innings. In my opinion, I think Verlander looked a little bit worse than Strauss did. Um, he was a little bit more shaky. Well, didn't he, like, walk? Yeah. He, like, walked, like, the first, like, two batters. He started the game on four straight balls against Trey Turner. Uh, biggest troll on Instagram and by the way, by you, Darvish, on Twitter, getting back at Justin Verlander over 500 days later. To sum it up real quick, you, Darvish, he got a hit, got a double, made a bad turn, slid really bad. It just looked really unathletic. Justin Verlander commented on the video saying, hey, yo, you, you can't be doing that. To, we got to get rid of this pitchers aren't athletes uh, kind of thing. So what do you think you, Darvish, put on his, uh, on his Twitter? That bad play with Justin Verlander, he dove, fell, got the ball, and then threw the ball actually at his shin, bounced back, and just looked really bad, really unathletic. Well, you Darvish said, yo, Justin, got to really stop this uh, thing about uh, pitchers not being athletes. I mean, that was probably the biggest troll on Twitter I've seen in a long time. So props to you. But Justin did say, I do agree with you, LOL. So, I mean, good sportsmanship about it and stuff. What do you guys think about that? Pitchers aren't athletes. (laughs) <laughs> yes, they are. We just athletes on the field. No, get the hell out of here. <laughs> you funny, Jedi. Um, no, I think it would be different if he didn't look like such an idiot when he did it. Like, he looked so bad doing it. And I was dying. I actually wrote a little note on my phone. I wanted to talk about this, so I'm glad we brought it up. But, oh, my God. Semi-athletic play getting there, but just looking like a dumbass. Throwing the ball and hitting your foot when it's flailing in the air. <laughs> Yeah, and finally, my boy Mikey T hitting a, a bomb to left uh, left field all the way up, almost hit the train tracks, so props to him for that. But to get back into game two real quick, um, how much of an advantage is this to the Nationals? I mean, they're now going home with a 2-0 lead. We, I said it, Patrick Corbin would start game three. Um, they now officially announced that Annabelle Sanchez will be pitching game three against Zach Greinke, so there's that. I mean... I was texting you guys before, and I was like, I don't understand that. I was like, why would you throw Patrick Corbin if he's your third? But then I said, maybe it's because he's a lefty. Do you think that's why? Possibility. I think they like the matchup better. Yeah, I think they like the matchup better. And and to be honest with you, I don't mind it either. You know, you're up 2-0, and and that place is going to be rocking. They have all the advantage in the world. Yeah, that, that's a great point, Dino. Like, you can, you know, if you're going to make a mistake, make make a mistake when you're up 2-0 where it's not going to hurt you, not in game seven. That's a big factor, especially you get Anibal at home, your, you know, fourth or fifth starter going. You want that crowd to be able to hype him up. Um, I still think this is going to go, I, we talked about it last pod, I think this goes seven, and I really hope, I think it would be great if Houston, playing in the NL without the DH, which I can't wait to see their lineup without a DH, um, if they could win two in Washington and send it back, oh my God, I think that'd be nuts. I I don't think so. I was looking at at both of these games, and and it's it's awesome. This is why baseball is one of the greatest sports ever. The Nationals have won uh, eight eight straight. Uh-huh. They've won eight straight games. It's really all about the team that gets hot. Yep. But it's how it's how they win. That, that's impressive to me. This is old school type baseball. This is the baseball that we kind of grew up with, Deepaw, which is, you know, they had nine hits yep. in the first in the in in game one, in which only three players in their lineup didn't have a hit. They've scored thirty runs in the postseason with two outs. Love it. 
Dude, that's two, that's unheard like, of. Two out RBIs demoralized baseball teams. I think it was like my freshman year of college. My coach told me that, and like, yeah, you think about it, but like, you don't really drill at home, and you really do got to hype up everything you can to get a base hit that'll score around a two outs. It's completely demoralizing. It, it, it's it's the most demoralizing thing for uh, any baseball club. But game two, they had fourteen hits. They outscored the the Astros. 10 to one in the <laughs> final three frames in which that disaster, in which that disaster of an inning was all with two outs. It, you get timely hits from, you know, a Struble Cabrera, Kurt, Kurt Suzuki, Suzuki, you know, who's a journeyman. Zimmerman's yep. old as hell. Cabrera has been around, you know what I mean? Like Eaton's been around. Trey Turner can, can flat out pick it. Yeah, I mean, this, 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 this dude can that can play, but this team manufactures runs however they can. I've seen them bunt. I've seen them hit and run. I've seen them swipe bags. I've seen them infield in, run on contact. I, they they literally play small ball, and, and it's awesome to watch. And I think, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, I think the Nats win in five. Oh, shit. I think they bury them. Mr. I Astros. Think, I, I think they bury them in D.C., what? I do. I really do. I think I have never think about it. They beat Cole and Verlander. So the idea of seeing Cole and Verlander again doesn't right. scare them. No matter who the Astros throw tomorrow or the next game, it doesn't matter to them. Oh yeah, they're seeing it. And yeah, and they're so hot that it's like I thought the week break was going to hurt them, but they're an old group. They're an old. I think I think they're one of the oldest groups in baseball, if yeah, not the nice, oldest. A nice mix of veterans with young talent. The oldest. Yeah. I, they are the oldest, right? Yes. Yeah, they're, they're the oldest team in baseball. You know what I mean? Like they needed that week break, and and they're fresh. And I think it's they talk about the team of destiny, and I think this is it. Mm. Yeah, well, how crazy do I sound now about these Nats winning their first World Series championship? Up to nothing, up to nothing right now in the series, so looks pretty good for them. But uh, De Palma, you reminded me of something that I wasn't originally going to talk about. But when you mentioned DH, wanted to talk about real quick about Dino's boy, Yordando Alvarez. He got a hit. He's been hitting in the World Series. He's three for five with one walk. Yeah. Is he finally finding a swing? And if so, is AJ Hinch going to have to place him in the lineup because he's just been DHing right now? You he's have a, to play him. But he's a really bad fielder. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, dude, he he's so explosive and he's got so much pop that, you know, maybe it's one of his monster home runs that, you know, turns it on for the Astros. And he can't do that sitting on the bench or coming off and pinch hitting. It's too tough to do. Um, just statistically, it's so tough to do. Uh, you got to give him at least the opportunities to do it. Yeah, moving on from that, we got a lot of managerial moves to talk about. The Padres today hired uh, Jace Tingler, who I don't know if this is <laughs> yeah, like I don't yeah, um, never really heard of him. Tingler, <laughs> yeah, he's been getting bashed for his last name on Twitter. I kind of feel bad. Never really heard of him. He's had a little bit of coaching experience. I saw on Twitter, but how do you feel about this? This was their first choice, according to them. And the guy that was right up in the running, Dean, I know you love him. It was Ron Washington. Mm. Love Ron, but he's just I a little him. too old for it. A lot of these guys, like, and we'll talk about the next few in a second, but 
when you have when you have an opportunity to land somebody who's under the age of 40, you know, who was able to, he, you know, he played big 12 baseball at the university of Missouri. He was selected 10th or in the 10th round in the O three MLB draft by the, by the blue Jays. Uh, he, you know, he was able to, to play in triple a, he played four seasons in double a. So he's, he's a, he's a major league baseball guy, but he was the the player development field field coordinator for the Rangers the last few years, so I don't think this is a bad hire. But you know, they're it's going to be one of those things where they, you know, trial and error with him. It's the same thing Boone went through his first years. You got to find a way to manage these personalities, and we'll see how he does. But I don't think it's a bad hire, baseball wise. Yeah, I mean. They went 70 and 92 last year, 36 games out of first place. So it really can't get that much worse. Um, you're seeing this analytics and, you know, just a different approach to different things. Um, I don't know if this dude's analytics based or whatnot, but you're seeing clubs take different approaches uh, to managerial decisions. So, yeah, I mean, it, it can't get any worse for him. They got so much talent, man, uh, that I would kind of want to see him do well. I'm a big Manny Machado fan. I know uh, he played like a complete asshole in the the NLCS or the World Series or no it was the NLCS when he was like stepping on people and doing all just reckless shit but I do like him as a player um so yeah I, I kind of want to see the the Padres do well are the so Padres ever going to figure this thing out are they ever going to figure this out I mean the whole problem has been pitching 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 but I don't even like see them like figuring out the pitching because there's really nobody available and who are they going to trade they talk about all these prospects, but they're not willing to give them away. So I honestly, I don't think they're going to figure it out. I mean, I no, think Manny Machado's regretting this. Yeah, I, I think. No way. I, I, I think. I think. So I had this question last night with a few people: like, would you rather make the league minimum your entire life and win a ring, or get the three hundred and thirty million that these guys get and never win a ring? I would take the league minimum. And win a ring like these guys are one are going to go down. One ring for your entire career or multiple rings? Uh, I mean, I, it was just I, we didn't get into that. It was just like the the idea of winning a ring. You know, like 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 who values the money? Who values you know the the legacy? Like which one is it? I, I for me personally, I, I would rather take the league minimum and and win a ring just because that's just how I am personally. But. Do the Padres figure this out? I don't think so. And I think, you know, does he regret his decision? He probably chased the money, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, we saw the same thing with Cano. A lot of people who go out west, and I I don't want to make it like an east coast versus west coast thing because it's really not like that. It's just a lot of people who go to, like, the the Mariners, the Padres, the the Rockies, you know, like, out west, they kind of get irrelevant. Yeah, they're not in that you know that East Coast time frame. So I, I I don't think the Padres, unless they get some really good pitching in the next two or three years, it ain't happening. Yeah, I feel like they got enough hitting. It you're exactly right, Jedi and, and Dino. They got to have pitching. Like Paddock had a great year, but I mean, Sands Paddock, like they really didn't have much, and they got to go out in the free agent market and get something. All about yeah. Jace Tingler. <laughs> Coach him up, Tingler. Hey, you just got to tingle the boys up a little bit. You know, let's go. 
Another managerial position going. Grandpa Rossi. That's right. David Ross is going to be the 55th manager for the Cubs in franchise history. First thing right off the bat. Is the player coach the better coach for them? You, you know what me? I mean there? Like he was like like Grandpa Rossi. Like he was such an iconic role in that 2016 World Series. Like he's best friends with like like half the team. Like they're all still there. Like Javi Baez is really good friends with Anthony Rizzo. We know he's a really close, close friends with Chris Bryant. Like it's going to be a player coach relationship. You can already see that they're best friends. You know what I mean? No, That's no what doubt. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. Well, thank you for clarifying. I think what they said, cause they, I asked a few of them, they said that even when they were there in 2016, they kind of felt like he was a manager already where he would tell you straight up how it was. So I don't think I, I, I think he's I think he's going to be fantastic as a manager. I think I think the the Cubs will be really good next year. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out too. Because like I mean, think about like Dino. Like if we were to like you know if you were to coach me or I were to coach you, something like that. Like if there's a little bit more of an age difference between us, other than the couple years that it is now. But everything would be fine and great until you know say you're coaching me and I don't run one out the second or something like that. Do you get up in my face and you cuss me out? Like, how do you, like, how is the, the change between you and me being buddies and boys between then to you being my coach and you disciplining me? I'm just curious to see because he has so many of those good player relationships with those players, how it's going to be when he's the coach. Well, JD can vouch for this. I'm a player's coach. I am 110% of players coach. I have really good relationships with all my players to the point where sometimes when I chew them out, they don't take it serious. However, if it's a situation where the player knows he's wrong yeah, and I chew him out, it's completely different. Right. But that first, I guess I should have clarified a little better, like that first fight, like where I would have been like, Dude, it was it wasn't even fucking close. I'm not gonna be running out the second. And you want to preach about hustling your ass all the time, like how that first uh, you know um, interaction between interaction, that, yeah, right. that first big disagreement between them, how that plays out over the course of 162 games. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I think it's just communication is the biggest thing. So it's like like you and I, I can't remember if we've ever gotten into an argument. I don't think we have. No, but- yeah, I think so, brother. Yeah, but if but if we did, I feel like then like an hour later we would be fine. Oh yeah, there's no so, doubt about that. So that's just one of those things where I I think uh, I think he's going to be a fantastic manager because even when you hear him on his play by play and his color commentary, he knows his stuff times ten. Yeah, I catchers and this would be a great segue for you, Jedi. Catchers make the best managers. They see the game. They need to understand the entirety of the game. They understand the pitching. And the catcher relationship and everything that goes into it too, uh, I, I like with that was my only, uh, you know, red flag that I that I was curious about. But yeah, I agree. I think it's a great hire for him. I hate the Cubs with every fiber of my being. I was so happy when they were the lovable losers, um, but yeah, I think it's a good hire for them. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fantastic move for them. I see them being very successful, like both of you guys said. But honestly, going a little bit of personal experience, like Dean was saying. I do think it's going to be good for them because of that player-coach relationship. I also think, like, you can be more yourself with that. Like, you're not very – like, you always don't have to be, like, that kind of, like – I don't even know how to explain it, really, because just, like, it is different. Like, Dean is different, like he was saying. Like, like he's the person – a player-coach is the person you go to straight up 
when you like need some help with something, when you know you're wrong, how to handle a situation. Cause not only are they just straight up with you, but they'll just like tell you like they're your friend and not your coach. So I think it's a little bit different. And I think that's also going to be better for them. And plus it's a lot more fun playing baseball. I say this all the time. I most fun I ever had playing baseball was when coach Dean, uh, my JV year, my, what was I? I was 14 years old freshman at WA it was the most fun I ever had. It, like it's just fun it's my, in my opinion it's more fun when you have a player's coach because it's just way better but moving on from uh, game yeah i appreciate yeah. that i appreciate that but the, the only other thing i'm going to say about this topic is the fact that it would be different if they if they made the playoffs the fact that they missed the playoffs i think adds fuel to the fire that he's not going to have to do that much motivating next yeah. year they know they fucked up in the last ten games of the year, big time. Yeah, so I think I think half the job's done for him already. So then we can all agree that uh, not getting Joe Girardi, who was the basically their second choice, was the right move for that yes. organization at that time. Absolutely. Now, will they regret a year from now letting Joe Madden walk away, who was such an iconic role for that organization? I think I think a message gets stale after a while from the same guy. Literally uh, took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, I think it just got stale. I, I think Joe Madden is is one of the best, but I think for that group, I think the message got stale. Well, and he already and he took him to the promised land. I think it'd be maybe they play a little more a little bit more motivated if they don't win that World Series. But you're exactly right, Dino. The message just got a little stale. There's nothing. It was. It, it seemed very amicable that, like you know, he realized it too. I'm, I'm sure he wasn't taken aback that they didn't want to renew his contract, and I'm sure he's going to be fine out there in sunny Los Angeles. Yeah, for sure. Um, but now one of the this just came out a couple hours ago. Giving credit to John Boy. See a whole bunch of people because John Hammond's not giving him credit. Got to give credit to John Boy. Love John Boy. Love all his videos. Go look at him. But Joe Girardi is going to be the Philadelphia Phillies next manager's perfect fit, in my opinion. Honestly, I thought this right off the bat. They should have saved the trouble. Gabe Kapler as a manager two years ago, which was the first offseason Joe Girardi was not the manager's uh, the manager for the Yankees. So, you know, they should have, could have just saved themselves the two years of misery because they didn't even make the playoffs with uh, the team that they had. And it's definitely a playoff contending team. So... But now he's there, so good for them. I do see them being a little bit more, um, what's the word, competitive. I never really thought Gabe Kapler was the type of guy there. I mean, his first game ever managing, what, like he came out to make a pitching change and there was nobody warming up in the bullpen. So that really told you the whole story you needed there. Like that, That's a colossal mistake. Like, Could you imagine ever doing that? Like, oh my God, dude. Like that's yeah, unbelievable. But but I was never sold on Kapler. Look, you've played against Girardi's kid, Jedi. I've... I've coached against this kid. I've talked to Joe like outside of, of the realm of baseball. Like this is a guy who literally after a game last year was bringing clay onto the field to redo the plate and the mount. Like he's a really humble person. He's a great man. He's going to be a, he's a great dad. He films every single at bat of his kid. His kid's a little scrappy baseball player. I love watching him play. You know, but he's a really good dude. I think this is a great fit for the Phillies. I think Girardi finds a way to get this done. I think he makes him relevant again. And to be honest with you, I, I, I'm rooting for Joe. I, I think, I think, I think he's 
one of the most down to earth people I've I've ever met in in the world of baseball. Yeah, I was curious to hear your guys' uh, opinion on that too. Um, I'm a big fan of Girardi. I always enjoyed his post game press conferences too. And you just touched on it, Dean. He just kept it real, and like he seemed like a pretty level headed guy. I know he was a little fiery dude whenever he was playing, but as a manager, like he seemed like he kept a pretty level head about himself. And you know, we just talked about it earlier with uh, with Madden. I think the message just got a little stale in New York. And yeah, you know, sometimes you got to make those tough decisions. But I was always been a, a big Joe Girardi fan, so. Not a big Phillies fan, so I'm kind of a little torn here, but I hope Girardi does well. Yeah, always. I hope he does amazing there. I love Joe Girardi. I love everything about him. Very nice man. But with that, let's go straight into Money Trees with Joe Schmell. They say your hood is a pot of gold. And we go crash it when nobody's home. Holly Berry or Holly Pick your poison, tell me what you do. Everybody go respect the shooter. Time for another segment of Money Trees with the king of this segment himself, Joe Schmo. But before we get started, let's have another update on the standings with De Palma. All right, we got a close one at the top, and the king, Joe Schmo, is trailing us a little bit here, Dino. Uh, he's down three points from you. Dino's got 32.5, Joe Schmo, 29.5, and I got Dino by one at 33.5 points. Starting to think that the guy that keeps track of this is like Vegas, and it's all fucking fixed. <laughs> I second that. <laughs> oh, I, you know, that's cool, guys, you know. Shit, I got a one-point lead, and I'm getting turned on. I'm getting mutinied over here. But let's start this off with two games versus the spread in college football. Joe Schmo, start us off. All right, we're going to have a bounce-back week this week, fellas. Uh, we're going to start game one, uh, Auburn at LSU. LSU's lane 10 and a half. Um, Another big line for LSU uh, is a recurring theme this year. Yeah, big uh, with all their talent. I'm uh, I'm gonna take Auburn plus the points. I think their defensive line will give Burrow some trouble. Um, I think LSU wins, but uh, I like uh, Auburn to fall underneath the ten and a half. So, give me the Tigers. Wait. Oh wait. <laughs> give me the Auburn Tigers. My fault. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, I'm, I'm, Excellent I'm, pick, Schmo. Excellent yeah, pick. Yeah. I was gonna say, I'm also taking I'm also taking Auburn to cover. I don't think I also don't think they win this game, but I think they fall under the ten and a half. I see them losing by seven to ten. I don't see it being any closer than that. If they do pull this off, it, it's going to shake up this top ten a lot because I think LSU is the is the second best team in college football as of right now, mm. but it could shake this up. I don't think Auburn wins this game, but they cover. Yeah. I would take LSU if, or I'm sorry. I like the fact that they don't have Alabama next week. If they had Alabama next yeah. week, I think Auburn might beat them just because they look ahead, but yeah. it actually worked out for them in terms of scheduling. So I think it's a good spot for, for Auburn. I'm going with Dean's second rated team. I'm going with the Tigers, just like you boys. Um, I'm going to LSU. I think everything you guys said is right. I think it's going to be a close game, but I'm just hoping it ends up not being a 10-point game, ends up being you know 11 or, or 14 or something like that. Um, at Death Valley, at LSU, I think is going to be a big factor. Um, the young buck, what, Bo Nix, I think his name is. Yeah, Bo Nix from Auburn. Uh, went into Florida and won, so like the dude can play in a tough environment, but Death Valley is a little different. All right, game two, we got uh, Oregon uh, minus 14 against Washington State. 
Um, I'm going to take Washington State to cover. So I'm, I'm pulling for the dogs this week, uh, my two picks. Um, Oregon's good, but I think they still have some issues on the defensive end. Uh, Washington exposed that last week, even though Oregon was, uh, found a way to, to pull it out. Um, so give me, give me Washington State and the boys getting a 14. I like Oregon here because of their uniforms. That's it. <laughs> That's all I got. Uniform game isn't even close. Uh, I, dude, I actually dislike uh, Washington State's, or I like their gray ones. I dislike like their normal ones. I think their gray ones are their best unis. Um, yeah, I think Oregon's offense is just too much. Washington State doesn't have enough defense to stop them. I think you know two touchdowns is a lot here, uh, but you know I think Oregon ends up literally running away with it. I think they're going to run it down Washington State's throat. Go Ducks! Adrian Peterson is the best fucking running back in the league. <laughs> Wait, what? Who? Adrian Peterson. Look at that. Hit the <laughs> hole, old man. Get off me, Harrison <laughs> Smith, you bitch. I'm on delay here, my guy. Well, just wait. It's, it's exciting. Like, Get off me, it's wait, just man. Wait. <laughs> Dino, love your reasoning for Oregon, um, but what are your two picks? Oh, it's my turn? Cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking Penn State. On the road at Michigan State, I like the six that they're that they're giving. Look, at the end of the day, I never thought this team was going to be where they were at. If you would have told me losing McSorley and 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 Saquon over the last two years, and this team would still be seven and zero and six in the country, I would have said no way. I think they're playing really good football. There's not, it's not like Penn State of old where it's like brutal to watch and the play call is just brutal. Um, I think this team's pretty good defensively. I think they're pretty good. I think they cover the six at Michigan State. Yeah, Dino, I, Penn State's defense is legit. And Micah Parsons, the first 10 minutes of the game last week, was literally everywhere on the field. It was ridiculous. Um, Penn State typically struggles in East Lansing, but I think this year's team is just overall, like, yeah, they lose those two good players. But overall, I think that defense just controls Michigan State. Go Nittany Lions. I'm with you boys on this one, even though Penn State let me down last week in terms of the spread. Um, yeah, that one hurt last week, Schmo. Yeah, that, that was brutal. Um, I had him in, in this and a few other contests that I'm in with some people. Um, that game really fucked me. But uh, regardless, like him this week, uh, I think they went by two touchdowns or more. Their, their defense is, is ridiculous. I think they're going to shut down Michigan State uh, with no problem. So it's going to be an easy cover for the yeah. Lions. All right, my game two, I'm going – I'm staying in the Big Ten. I, I'm taking Ohio State. Wait, Deepar, do you have this game? No, no, you're good, brother. That's what I thought. Um, I'm taking Ohio State minus the, I think it's 13 and a half against 14. Wisconsin. 14 and a half at home against Wisconsin. Yep. I think this is just setting up November 23rd, Penn State, Ohio State. They'll oh. probably be, you know, three and four in the country, both be – you know, nine and ten and zero at that point, and that's that's you know that that could be college football playoff eligible right there. That could be you know your Big Ten champion. I think yeah. it just sets it up for a heavyweight bout. So I I like the Buckeyes here, and I think both these teams roll into that that heavyweight matchup against mm-hmm. them later in in November, which I think is the the week before Thanksgiving. And and it's at Ohio State, I believe. It's going to be a little chilly. 
which I think uh, didn't. I think Penn State's only lost the past two times against them by like two points or something. Like it, they've been really close games too. Um, uh, love the screen call. Love the screen. Get up field, dude. AP, Shut up. He is so old. Um, Sucks. <laughs> Ohio State, I think, is the best team in college football. Um, even if even if Wisconsin didn't lose last week. Which was such a horrible loss. Like I know Illinois played really well, but like, damn, that, that was not a good look. Um, I still think even if they were Wisconsin was undefeated, Ohio State would still roll them. I think they win by three touchdowns in this game right here. So I'm in line with you boys again on this one. Gonna take the Buckeyes. Um, Wisconsin game last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God bless you. Wait, hold bless on, you. we have to say bless you. That's a pet peeve. Thank bless you. Bless you. So. Nice uh, yeah, so I like the Buckeyes to win big. Um, you know, regardless, like Dean said, even if Wisconsin won last week, Ohio State's just playing at such a high level. And we talked about this in a few episodes prior. You know, it's all about, you know, winning big, um, winning with style. And I think Ohio State is going to run away with this one. So I'll take the Buckeyes laying the 14 and a half. All right, DePalma, what do you got this week? All right, we're going to Ann Arbor, Notre Dame, Michigan. It's a pick 'em. There's no line here. Give me Notre Dame. I still don't – I know Michigan, Schmo, you and I were talking about it before we went on air. They put, like, a couple drives together a game, and that's it. Like, their line is just not consistent as all, at all. Um, I think ND wins here by, uh, by touchdown. Go Irish. I also like the Irish. I have I like nothing Irish to say. Well. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Irish as well. And, you know, as Paul just touched on, um, you know, Shea Patterson just – He's running for his life majority of the time. Notre Dame's got a lot of talent. Um, I think they went by 10, 10 or more in this one. Nice. In prime time. But having said that, Harbaugh's comment about his um, his future is just was just classic. This is a yearly yeah, he thing. He said, these are rumors that are fabricated by our enemies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my He's God. such a clown, dude. He is a clown. Oh, my God. Do you think he gets? Do you think he gets fired if they lose this and follow up if he doesn't get fired after this after he, he loses to Ohio State? I think he's getting fired. Yeah, I mean, if he if he loses to Notre Dame and then again loses to Ohio State, I mean, he hasn't he doesn't beat anybody good. Dude, James Franklin's winning. I think eighty two percent of the time, Harbaugh's not even touching that because he can't beat anybody yeah. good. Like, no. Yeah, I think overhype. Yep. Uh, dude, we're Big Ten heavy this week. Staying in the Big Ten, what intrigued me about this game is an undefeated record's on the line and their matchup next week. Minnesota minus 16.5 at home versus Maryland. I don't think it's going to be a close game at all, so I think Minnesota covers this. But I can't wait for the Minnesota-Penn State matchup. I believe it's at Minnesota. I may have to look into that. But, man, that's going to be a, a hell of a matchup, hopefully with two undefeated teams. Go Gophers. Shout out to Aaron Andrews. She looks really good tonight. Um, She's got dark hair. It's so weird. It's beautiful. I'm going to also take Minnesota. It is so sad that, like, Maryland used to be really – like, you remember those heydays where, like, Maryland basketball was, like, the truth? Oh, dude, absolutely. Steve Blake, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, that was my squad back in the day. Like, that that, (laughs) – they were, like – dude, like, if you were a kid grow – if you were a kid and you were growing up and you didn't have Maryland shorts, like you were a loser. Dude, I love it. So like their university has just gone to shit, you know, athletically. I'm sure their academics are beautiful. Psych. 
But um, yeah, this they're going to get destroyed. They're going to get rolled. Is it where is it? Maryland? No, in Minnesota. Yeah, good because if they're playing on FedEx Field, beat up that turf even more. The entire offensive line for the Skins could tear their ACLs, and I wouldn't care. <laughs> oh my God. Dang, Dean. Um, Land- I'm gonna go, Landon I'm Collins, gonna go. the most overpaid douche in the world. <laughs> I love him though. Uh, All right, go this, ahead. We should have done the stream during the Redskins game. That was a big mistake. I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take the Terrapins. <laughs> I think this one just seems odd. Um, I don't know. I feel like they, they're just gonna fall into the numbers. Feels like a, a weird game for Minnesota. Um, kind of just what, sleepwalking of on Minnesota or what? Yeah, and I just think human nature um you know i think they're gonna win but uh i think the number will fall under the, the 16 and a half so I'll, I'll take the dog dude dog heavy this week i love it josh bro i gotta mix it up i gotta catch up i got no choice i got no choice <laughs> schmo what's your hard lock hard lock this week alabama lane 32 and a half against arkansas take the uh, dog take the dog no i like alabama i'm not sure if you guys saw the press conference today with nick saban but he I think I think the news report is still getting lashed on the back um, because of this taking those lashings. He basically asked Saban if they were going to run the score up early enough to get the third stringer in there, so that way they didn't uh, run a risk of injuring their their second stringer since two is going to be out. Right. Um, so Saban's pissed off. Um, <laughs> Alabama didn't play very good last week against Tennessee. Um, Tennessee, you know, was right in that game had it not been for a boneheaded play, uh, making it one possession. You know, Alabama was was fighting for their life in that one. Um, so I think they're come out this week with a point to prove. And then I believe they have a bye uh, going into the LSU game. So I think Saban wants to make sure they write the ship, get things corrected. Um, I think they win by 35, if not more. Mm. And Arkansas is bad. They're terrible. They're they're <laughs> so bad. They're up there with Rutgers. Bad, Sorry. bad, Sorry, bad. No, dude, Rutgers like is the worst team in football. Dude, they're going to lose to Liberty. They're a seven-and-a-half-point dog at home to fucking Liberty, bro. <laughs> Liberty. That's bad. Dude, I would have 100%. If I, uh, dude, I may honestly take Liberty. They're, they're going to win by two touchdowns. With that, though, it's time for Dino's two games that he doesn't care about. What are they, Dino? Okay, well, thanks for segueing. The two games I don't give a fuck about. One of them is Liberty and Rutgers. This game is going to be atrocious. Uh, there's no reason to watch it. Obviously, there's no reason to watch it. It's a, it's a. <laughs> I did, I do that on purpose just so. Look, I do it on purpose that way I get the ding, because you're coming close, pal. Listen, I'm not coming close. You're not counting. I'm at like 21, dude. I got like 13 I'm counting. Spare. Yeah, I got like 13 to spare, dude. How, yeah, what's I, how many is it? Honestly, I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, yeah, exactly. I don't want to know. Fifty? No, no, no. You'd be surprised how many times you drop an f bomb on this, dude. I'm telling you, it's not over thirty-four. I was really good for like three episodes, and then like, yeah, I might have said a few things about Cashman and like (laughs) other people, but like, I'm telling you, it's it's been legit lately. But yes, that's the one thing that you have. Yeah, well, I mean, tell me. But here's the thing, I I don't like. I don't like this game. Obviously, no one's watching it. It's at noon, and they're battling with Ohio State and Wisconsin at noon. Ain't no one watching that. The other game I could give two shits about, Appalachian State <laughs> on the road against South Alabama. They're favored by 27. I'm taking App State by 40. 
<laughs> oh my god go mounties yep. dude aren't are they i think they're ranked they are they are 20 first in the country i'm taking them boys let's go so so we're moving on to the oregon side no, i was just gonna say they had a game i think it was like three weeks ago or something it was like a 94 yard drive that took i want to say it was like 10 minutes to oh my god Forgot who they were playing. <laughs> it was just methodical. It was like a I, twenty play drive. I've heard insane. of the four minute offense. I haven't heard of the quarter offense. Dude, it was insane. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, JD. Go ahead. Oh, just with that though, we're moving on to the NFL for the two games versus spread this week. Joe Schmo, what do you got? All right. So these uh these fuckers let me down once again last weekend. <laughs> um, it's just an absolute disaster up in Philadelphia. Uh, we have locker room divided. We have a coach that doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Medical staff is just a disaster. Um, but with that said, they're playing uh, at Buffalo. They're getting a point and a half. This is the season. Uh, we lose this one. It's over. Um, so I think the Eagles are going to go in against Buffalo, who's, who's had wins, but not against, in my opinion, great competition. Um, not saying the Eagles are by any means a great team, but I, I think this week they, they find a way to, to get things right. Um, you know, they have a brutal schedule coming up, but uh, I think they find a way this weekend, and I'll take them plus the, the point and a half. 100%. Give me the Bills Mafia and the point, or, and I'll give the points. I don't care. Uh, and there's just the, the Eagles are the definition of like a facade of a good football team. Mm. It hurts me to hear that, but I, Ooh, I agree. Just a, just a oh, knife in the at, side. Damn. At, at least you have a facade. My team just sucks ass. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a stat that the Bills, like, uh, they've beaten teams, like, they're 5-1, and one, I believe, but the teams they've beaten, I think, is the second worst in the NFL behind a combined record um, behind the Patriots. So, I don't know, like, I want to say the Eagles, but I'm going to go with the Bills here. Like Josh, Allen, Josh Allen will do something towards the end of the game that's crazy and will him to a victory. Yeah, no one circled the wagon like the Buffalo Bills. Uh, game two, we have Panthers at Niners. Niners lane five and a half. Um, I'm going to take the Niners in this one. Um, I, that defensive line, I think, is going to give trouble for uh, Kyle Allen. He's played great. Not going to take anything away from the kid. Um, I'm actually really happy for him. I think Cam Newton extremely. <laughs> I think I think Cam Newton's extremely overrated. Um, and uh, but at the end of the day, that Niners D line is just absolutely ruthless. They're going to be in the backfield all day, um, and I like the the five and a half. Wait, what was that for, Dean? I like, I'm just scary. Curious. It's just curious. It's curiosity now. Scary Terry hitting a ball in his damn hands. Yeah, Dino, I'm like two and a half seconds in front of you, so I saw it happen. I was like, oh god, here we go. <laughs> it did not disappoint. I don't even like. I wasn't listening to a word Schmo said, but I'm taking the gold diggers and give me the 49ers. The gold diggers. Uh, yeah, I just saw the pick. Jesus Christ! <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, you got. You, I'm sorry, dude. You got to have that. Yeah, he's got ketchup. Uh, dude, I'm so. I'm actually surprised this line isn't bigger. Um, I know Cam returned to practice, and you know McCaffrey's good and all, but I, especially at home in San Fran, five and a half. Uh, yeah, I think the Niners cover this easy. Can't wait to see what Louis Vuitton outfit Cam shows up in. Yeah, and what hat, too. Fucking clown. You know, what are your two picks? So my first game, I'm going with the Rams minus 13 against the Bungles. The Bungles don't have a win 
and it's not <laughs> happening this week either. Do you think they go? Do you think you know? Shout out Beli, but do you think they go? Do you think they win a game, or do you think they go defeated? Uh, I think I honestly, I think they go defeated. <laughs> I, I honestly think like is so if they two bang. teams go defeated, do they coin flip for the oh, one? Shit. That's a great question. I actually think Maybe the that first is true. Year. I, think, I think that's what they do. Oh, my God. That's horseshit. Either that or they do um, – it's a tiebreaker off of, like, points allowed or something or home record. I don't know, but I, I want to say it's a coin flip. Well, wow. points allowed is not going to work either because they've both given up 3,000. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I'm taking the Rams minus 13. Yeah, I think the, I think the Rams are starting to feel it a little bit. Yeah, they cover. They score. Yeah, they win by 21 here. Yeah, the, the pickup from Ramsey was big. It uh, put some put a shock into the team. I think last week they came in Atlanta, could have easily laid laid down and played down their competition, but they didn't. Um, and I think same thing happens this week. I think they win by by fifteen or more. So I'll take the Rams. Deepaw, this one's for you. I'm taking the Stellars at home, minus thirteen and a half against the other defeated team in the Miami Dolphins. I wish I had something funny to say, but I simply don't. They suck. Mm, dude, there's the Dolphins are really bad, but like the Steelers will lay an egg. Like I know they're two and four or whatever, but like they they will lay an inexplicable egg at least once a year. I'm hoping because expectations aren't as high, this isn't the one, and this isn't a close game. Here we go, Steelers. Let's go, Dean. These fucking games you pick, dude. Like <laughs> huge lines. God damn. Yo, you know what's? But you know what's funny? If if I were to take the same games that I do on here in, in your pick'em league, I would do so much better. But every single game I pick in the pick'em league I, I, are games I've never picked on here. Stop taking and Atlanta, I, Dean. And I go two and three every week. It's so annoying. Start taking these ones, bro. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not I, no, I can't do it. I'm bucking the trend. No, I'm saying I learned. I, I, if I do that, I'm still going to go two and three, and then I'm going to be pissed. So <laughs> I can't do it this week. Next week, I'll start. Okay. I hate this game. It's we're at the point where, I mean, these lines are going to continue to get bigger and bigger um, against Cincy and obviously against Miami. Um, but I, I would never touch this game in a million years. But I'm going to lay the point <laughs> to the Steelers. I mean, it's just atrocious matchup. Um, well, you call my Steelers atrocious, bro? Dude, it is what it is. Dude, Mason Rudolph's back. Chill out, bro. How about that? Dude, who wants to watch Eagles Bills? How about that? I mean, I'm not going to be watching How about that? It's it's How about that? It's My name's Jan. Okay. It's a core TV game, fellas. It is what it is. No, it I is feel what it. it is. Yeah, it won't be pretty. I'll watch it because I'm a diehard fan. It's Monday night, whatever. But, yeah, I think uh, there will be uh, – I can't wait to see our defense, though. I can see the defense look good. That will be cool. Yeah. Defense is all about promise. the hard and, it, and it's Minka's uh, revenge game. Oh, true, true. He's a stud, by the way. I know – I really hope we we don't end up with like a top six pick. I'm gonna be so pissed with that trade. But he's a stud, and maybe I don't know. Just during draft time, I'm gonna be pissed off. Um, Steelers right. just gotta build off the hard D. That's all it is. They do. They're 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 setting it up to do that, and it, that's what I mean. Like I really hope we have a decent draft pick, or it isn't like a you know a top ten pick or top six or something like. Oh god, that, that would suck. 
Yeah, I'm going Green Bay minus three and a half at Kansas City. Um, I know that's a tough place to play Arrowhead. Uh, they're at, probably going to be without Mahomes, which he was practicing today, which is mind boggling to me. Um, I still uh, dude, I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan. I'm going to ride ride that mustache all day, man. I think they cover this by a touchdown. Give me the pack. Give me the Chiefs. Uh, oh. Yeah, I, Mahomes is pressed, and they're doing it to throw off Green Bay. He's not going to touch the fucking field. Uh, I know, yeah, he's not going to play, but this, the fact that he's actually out there moving around after dislocating his knee like five days ago is crazy. Yeah, um, but I think Andy Reid will do enough to game plan, get more in position to make some high percentage throws. Um, you know, At the end of the day, he just has to make sure he doesn't lose the game, um, do something stupid. He's got enough playmakers around him, so I like getting a three and a half. It just the three and a half just doesn't seem like enough. Like if this was five and a half, I'd probably take Kansas City. It's in KC, baby. Yeah, honestly, the lo- shit happens. honestly, the lock of the week was the skins covering 16 and a half. Dude, I was talking about that with my buddies today, too. That's a lot of freaking points. Like I know we're in the fourth quarter here, but you know, oof. I have I'm them in a contest. I have them in a contest. I'm in. We're hanging on for fucking dear life right now. <laughs> no, you're good, dude. You're good. Shmel, I hope you took this one in the contest. Colts minus five. No, the right here, baby. Colts minus oh. five and a half versus the Broncos. I think this could this should be the Joe Schmo lock of the week. Uh, I know the Colts, you know, huge victory against the Texans last week, taking over first place in the AFC South. Uh, I don't think they lay an egg here versus the Broncos. I think they uh, win this game handedly. It's in uh, in Indy. I think the Colts do pretty well here. How do you drop nine guys back and give up a first? Oh, I'm taking the Colts. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take the Colts as well. The, the Broncos are a disaster. They're trading guys away. Um, Emmanuel Sanders was the first victim. There'll be more to follow after this game um, before the deadline. Joe Flacco is an absolute disaster under center. Um, I think the Colts run away with this one. So give me the Colts. Yes. Yes, lead with the crown. Yes. Yeah, dude, he's getting – oh, that's Josh Norman. Oh, dude, that's a fine. That's a big fine. No, dude. That's like that's like 35K right there. It was more – he, oh, he makes league minimum. But it doesn't matter, dude. Aim for the dumb at this point. Oh, my God. <laughs> Look at this. Smell what Boom! <laughs> my lock of the week is going to be uh, Patriots lane 12 and a half against the Browns. Uh, Jarvis Landry committed the ultimate sin today. Uh, what did he say? Reporter, he told reporters that they're going to go in, shot the against the Patriots and guarantee a win, and then try to oh retract. Uh, um, what an idiot! So yeah, it, the Patriots now have bulletin board material. Uh, not that they need it. This defense is playing <laughs> out of their mind. They have 17 touchdowns on the year, which is just ridiculous. And uh, yeah, they're going to win by 14, if not more. Did you see Field Yates' tweet about the Patriots' defense? They'd be a QB six in fantasy. Yeah, it's like and like running back four and tight end one and like wide receiver like four. Like, dude, it's insane the yeah, numbers they put. They're just it's all right. Yeah, uh, they put up 144 points. That'd be quarterback six, running back four, wide receiver three. Tight end one. <laughs> That's insane. Oh my god, dude! Jarvis an idiot. He knows that from his time in Miami too. Like he's been getting trounced by the Patriots for like six years. Yep. Blossom. 
Bless them. Bless them. Yeah, they need. They're gonna like. They're gonna need to be blessed on Sunday. They're gonna get their shit rocked. Yeah, they are. Yep. All right. Well, that was another edition of Money Trees. We hope you enjoyed that. Always, Joe Schmo. Thanks for coming on. Like always, we appreciate you taking the time out of your day for uh, coming on. But that's all for this edition of Money Trees. All right, appreciate it, fellas. Thanks for having me. Well, that was another edition of Money Trees. We hope you enjoyed that. We're still talking sports, but not the sport that you would think we're talking about. We're talking UFC. Conor McGregor's coming out of retirement. Guess you could say that, sort of. Wasn't really that long of retirement, but he will return to a UFC fight, not mixed martial arts. He'll be fighting in January. The king is back, baby. Surprise, surprise. I'm happy about this. I love myself a little Conor, uh, Conor McGregor. I, I used to love McGregor. Uh, I think he's annoying as shit, and I hope he gets his shit rocked. <laughs> love dude, Conor he, McGregor. I... Dude, I couldn't agree more, Dino. Once he started getting reckless, like throwing uh, barricades and shit, and then he was talking all that bullshit to Nergemadov or whatever, who absolutely just choked him the fuck out. Um, I, I'm excited to see him back because he was electric, but my dude Nate Diaz just is a stud and just – I think he took McGregor's swagger away from him whenever he, he came in there. He took that fight – off short notice too, and just dominated that fight. Uh, but overall, I am excited to see McGregor back. He you know, talks the, a, he talks a great game, and I love that part. Fun fact: the Diaz brothers got into a fight in a club once, six on two, and they beat the shit out of everyone. Yeah, in a bathroom, and beat the living yeah. shit out of six dudes. Bro, they're the the town. I forget. I want to say it's Chico, California. I forget the town. We may have to look it up. But the town in Cali that they're from, like you would, that's like the only thing you do is like you're either in a gang or you fight. Like it, it's one or the other. And they aren't the biggest dudes. They're just scrappy as hell. Like he takes punches better than anyone in the UFC. Yeah, but I mean, we're talking a little bit about the Yankees again because Aaron Hicks was playing through a torn UCL. That's right. It was announced today by Brian Cashman in an interview conference, basically wrapping up the season with Aaron Boone, that he's going to need Tommy John surgery and he's going to be out for eight to ten months. The surgery will take place on October 30th, 2019. Not only that, Tanaka threw seven shutout innings against, in quote, the best team in baseball as the Houston Astros with bone chips in his arm. Like, Ooh. just think about that for a second. And Luke Voigt playing in the playoffs and throughout the season with a sports hernia. If this is not the definition that this team is full of a bunch of, a bunch of savages, then I don't know what is. Yeah, gutsy performances from all three all year. You know, especially Higgs coming back, hitting a huge time bomb in game five. And, you know, you, you still don't have an update on, on Stanton, which I guarantee is is not as good as people say. And I read today that Gardner wants to come back for one more year. I hope he understands that he's got to take a pay cut to do it, especially with Hicks being out. He's going to he's going to be needed. So this team this team is a bunch of savages and playing with like Anyone who's had a hernia, like, it's no joke. So, you know, I thought Voight had a, had a pretty good year for what he was dealing with. Well, that explains why he had that little bit of a down slope towards the end of the season that everybody was, like, wondering why. Like, after, like, I think it was, like, July, like, 20th, like, his batting average went to, like, 220, and everybody was like, what's going on? Maybe that's why. That basically explains it. Is yeah. that – was Hicks down – wasn't it a UCL injury, like – 
Like so, did he just like rush back? Like he knew it was torn, but he was still playing through it, or wasn't it? A no, he, he he stopped playing in 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 August or September. Yep. August, yes. August I think it was August third. They sent him home. He worked with his trainers, and I think the time off allowed him to just throw a baseball. You know, if you notice in the playoffs, I don't think he threw a baseball really hard at any point. Yeah. And I think he knew that, but he it didn't hurt his swing. So he was able to to come back and he was tracking pitches his, his you know while he was down there and he was figuring everything out. But his I thought his at bats were great defensively. I thought he was fine, you know. And and you can play through it. I, I think oh the God. one I, I think the one position that you never want to play through it is is you know the, the left side of the infield because I think like th- one throw at at seventy oh, yeah. percent is is going to put you on your knees. But I don't think he threw a ball above fifty percent at all in the postseason. Yeah, now we're talking a little bit of basketball. The opening night, uh, Kawhi Leonard was being booed at his at a home game in the Staples Center. I understand that this is also the home of the Lakers, which they were playing. But come on, Kip, uh, Clippers fans, you got to come out. I mean, that's embarrassing, don't you guys think? Uh, the Clippers are the Mets. Yep. The Mets. I thought opening night in basketball was exciting. Kyrie went off for 50 against the T-Wolves and almost pulled off a circus shot. That was awesome to see. You know, anyone who lives in the Miami area, the Heat were able to, you know, to to get the best of the Grizz. I think the Heat have a low-key chance. Tyler Hero's yeah, really good. Heroes, yo, Hero's a G. I like him. Yeah, yeah. Tyler Hero's really good. You know, the... The, the nightcaps were really good. The Nuggets and Trailblazers game was good. The Knicks somehow only lost to the Spurs by nine, in which they gave that game away. Yep. But R.J. Barrett looked really good, had 21 points. Tonight's games, you know, started off real ugly for the Warriors. I think it was 14 nothing at one point. They, it's now 35-21 clip at the end of one. You know, I think this year in basketball is going to be really fun to watch. You know, D'Angelo Russell already has 10 in the first quarter. You know, so I think that I think this team. I mean, like, if you look at at the the box score for the for the Warriors game right now, it's actually kind of comical. You know, Curry and Russell had twenty of the twenty nine points. So I think this year in the NBA is going to be really fun, and I'm going to be a massive Golden State Warriors fan. They have Amari Spellman and Eric Paschal both on the roster, both Villanova guys. So. I think this year is going to is going to shape up to be really interesting. But as I was watching the NBA last night, I realized how boring of a sport it really is. They dribble the they dribble the ball up. They have 24 seconds to shoot it and then they go all the way back. (laughs) It's it's back and forth. Shoot a three with. Thank you. you. Three seconds off the clock. Yeah, dude, the one of my buddies in college told me and like it didn't really hit me until then, too. But you just got to watch the last three to four minutes of an NBA basketball game. Like, that's it. That's all you got to watch. Like, both teams will make a run, and, you know, it'll look like one team's going to blow them out. They'll run back, and it'll be close. The last four minutes of, of most games, of 80% of games, is going to be really good. And you don't need to watch any part of it beforehand. Yeah, I agree. I think, I, think the first, I think the first five minutes are really exciting. And then I think the enti- like I think the entire second and third quarter is irrelevant, and then the fourth quarter is kind of cool. Yeah, just but yeah, the, the, but, the last couple minutes. But like the last the last minute of a basketball game can take anywhere from five minutes to thirty five. Oh yeah, 
timeouts so that, oh yeah especially if it's a close yeah. one yeah that's kind of brutal dino I, I i loved your your take on them being the mets because that that couldn't be more true they got you know Kawhi, they got paul george and they still with all of that with the lakers coming off a horrible year in which lebron didn't you know you know barely played uh, a quarter of the year they're still the little stepbrother of the Lakers and you call it history, call it whatever. But I still think the Lakers will win a title before the Clippers will. I agree. I do. It's a Lakers town. It's a Lakers, it's a Lakers town. town. The Clips are trying to do it too quick. And I think Kawhi and Paul George together is a good duo, but I still don't think it's going to win a championship. But like we always say, this is an educational podcast. So it's time for another segment of deep pause history class. Welcome, students, to Depaw's History Classroom. Glad to have you back. Uh, last week, we discussed about World War I. This week, on October 24th, many things happened in the course of history that I can't wait to talk about. We're going all the way back to the time of the Romans, boys. In 439, the Roman city of Carthage fell to Genseric and the Vandals, which uh, Genseric and the Vandals were from like kind of like southern and eastern Germany. And does uh, does the word Vandals ring a bell to either of you guys? Any other any other word in the English language maybe come from Vandals? Sandals. <laughs> maybe the good guess, you know, maybe vandalize, uh, you know, completely defacing something, destroying something that came from, from this group of folks. Uh, we're going to fast forward a couple hundred years here. 1861 Western Union Telegraph Company completed the first transcontinental telegraph line, effectively putting the Pony Express out of business. RIP the Pony Express. Love the idea of the whole thing. Jumping forward uh, about 80 years or so here. 1929 Black Thursday the first day of the stock market crash. A lot of stuff happening throughout the course of history on October 24th. Uh, just two years later, one of Dino's favorite gangsters, 1931, yes. Al, Al Capone sent to prison for, do you know, Dino? Tax evasion of anything. Tax evasion, dude. It's absolutely crazy. All the all the laws he broke and all the wild shit Capone did in Chicago and throughout the throughout the country like, on, and they dude. get him on tax evasion, tax evasion like mike the situation right here bro oh, like dude. pay your taxes people dude, do all the illicit shit that you want to but just pay your freaking taxes man holy hell little bit forward we're, we're big into the 1900s here 1944 uh, the Battle of Leyte Gulf ends. It was a huge battle in the Pacific Theater of War in World War II, which was the largest naval battle in history and will probably never, ever be uh, surpassed. Just for the sheer number of aircraft involved, the number of uh, aircraft um, destroyers, just I think there I read something. It was around a hundred uh, to two hundred thousand participants alone in this battle, um, and it effectively turned the tide of the Pacific. I know Midway gets hyped up as a huge uh, turning point in the Battle of the Pacific, but 1944 Leyte Gulf. After this is whenever the Japanese like were on full tilt. Dino, 
they were after this battle they lost almost everything and they started going doing kamikaze missions after this so it really changed their mindset of like you know maybe we can uh you know tough this out a little bit after they lost late take off it was really truly the end for the japanese in the pacific um 2008 not too long ago just 11 years ago Bloody Friday, stock markets around the world suffered the largest losses in their histories. And this is also, uh, some say, the beginning of the Great Recession that we all went through uh, back then, which I think is nuts. Black Thursday and Bloody Friday, 1929 in the U.S., the first day of the stock market crash, 2008 worldwide, both on the same day, October 24th. And because of that, I actually looked up how the stock market did today, Dino. How do you think it did? Amazing, dude. Yeah, it, it wasn't too bad. It, it was up a, a couple percentage points here. But hey, it, at least we didn't have, a, you know, a 1929 or a 2008. Uh, so do you guys got any questions or anything? Or is that all for DPOS classroom? It was an amazing it? lesson. It was an amazing lesson. Two, actually, I have a question for almost every one of these. Is oh. the is the is the four thirty nine Roman city of Carthage? Is that what the Battle of Carthage was was named after in Gladiator? No, but the, the, he does talk about Carthage. Uh, that was actually the one of the first. Uh, there are two Punic Wars. The first Punic War. Uh, it was it was Carthage was like the bad dude on the block before Rome was. And the first time they went up against each other, that's what that guy's talking about. Scipio Africanus was. Yeah, uh, was yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Uh, but that was the first time that uh, they beat Carthage. And that, that really took over like Sicily and lots of part of uh, parts of northern Africa. But it, it was the second Punic War about 60 years later where Rome completely dominated uh, Carthage. They sacked the city. And you know what else they did, Dino? They sowed the they sowed the ground with salt so future generations couldn't plant crops there for hundreds and hundreds of years that's how bad we wanted to smoke carthage um the second one the pony express isn't that a uh, a santa movie <laughs> oh that's, that's polar express <laughs> yes the polar uh, express I, so I, wait I, Tom, yeah. tommy hanks was part of the pony express <laughs> yeah, my bad sorry i got a little excited but yeah, I mean, this is, I know, you know, mid the, the midway movies coming out soon. I'm excited to see it, Dude, but the, the Cap- it. yeah, that's, that's going to be a good one. The Capone one gets me every time. It's just unbelievable. You know, if you haven't seen boardwalk empire, Stephen Graham does a, Great. he played Babyface Nelson in, in public enemies. He is yep. the best actor in the world to play Capone when, when he boardwalk was doing like- it just he acts just like him when they did the casting for it there was nobody else on their list it That's was awesome. Stephen graham hands down so the capone one was just great and and if you ever do watch boardwalk or haven't seen it the you know capone had a deaf son and the and the conversation between him and his son okay. in in the final season will bring you to tears it's re- like no matter how how much of a gangster and and, and brutal he was. He was still a, a a human being at heart, and he was he was honestly a, a good dad. So it's just it was it, it was sad to see. But the, this list is fantastic. I, I love this segment, <laughs> dude. I can't believe like there was like uh, there were like four other things I could have put on here too. But I thought you know even six was too many. But I like went through this list and I was putting them together. I was like oh I, like 
I can't take that out. I can't take that out. I can't take that out. Like, there's just a whole bunch of shit happened on uh, October 24th, man. That's wild. October 4th, October 24th. It's a hot day. Dude, it's a hot day in history, bro. Hey, I'm glad you boys enjoyed uh, the history class. You better turn in your damn homework next week. God damn it. <laughs> but now it's time for another segment of Dean's Final Thought. All right, my final thought, you know, let, let's let's just piggyback off of, you know, all all the World War II, World War One, the naval battle talks. Let's just let's just piggyback off the war tomorrow, uh, October 25th. By the time you guys are listening to it, if you're a gamer, Call of Duty Modern Warfare drops, hits the stores. You will get a full review on it on Sunday or Monday whenever we do the next pod. But understand, right, this game is hyped up. This this game, if you've played the beta, it is a it is a combination of of um, you know Rainbow Six, Call of Duty, and Battlefield all in one. It's not your typical yeah. It's not your typical duty game. It's very fast paced. It's interactive like Battlefield. It has the game engines like Battlefield. It's tactical like 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 Rainbow Six. It's it's a it's a in my opinion, it's gonna be a very clean crisp game everything depends on the launch though if the servers drop in the first weekend we're gonna have a serious problem but this game is probably one of the most exciting games i've i've the most anticipated game of the year hands down i'm excited to play it i'm gonna grind all freaking night my birthday is on sunday which means saturday night i'm grinding till my eyes bleed so do you already have it so it comes out tonight it comes out at midnight. I'm not going to get it. I should, but I'm not. I'm getting it after. Um, you're after slacking. Work I already know. You're slacking. I already know people that have it. Yeah, I mean, dude. Like, look. At the end of the day, like, I'll smoke. They they want to come get that smoke. They can get it. Like, let, let's understand something. When when I grind on duty, like it's it, it's a business meeting. I don't play it for fun. You know. So, <laughs> you, you know, catch me with a. Catch me with an M4A1 silence with the with, with switch to the pistol and it's ba 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 like you know what I mean like I I'm like I, I'm not scump don't get me wrong I'm not scump shout out to Yo, Seth, Seth Abner like, optic scump shout you out know, Jordan who, Abner what up yeah who 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 left optic gaming long story but sh- I'm no scump but I grind. Well, that's all for this edition of Major League Talk. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to follow us on social media at JD with Sports. You guys got anything else? I'm out. See you, boys. Hey, everyone, you. Stay, everyone stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> <laughs>